worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you. Then he, will answer, then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Verses 31 to 46, Matthew chapter 25. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful and the blessed gift of eternal life. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and being a part of your blessed family. And thank you, Father, for the privilege of being a part of your kingdom army as well. Lord, thank you for the privilege you've given us in that you've called us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and to one another. And you've called us to be a part of your army of love and compassion in a world that desperately needs to see your love and compassion in so many ways. Stir us more and more to be a church that recognizes that You've called every one of us to a lifestyle of love, mercy, and compassion every day of our lives. Help us to be faithful to represent you well as ambassadors for your kingdom, your kingdom of love, your kingdom of mercy, your kingdom of loving kindness. Thank you for the privilege of being ambassadors. More and more empower us, your, empower us by your spirit to represent you well every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments. And uh, Father, I ask that you'd speak to us. Father, I ask that you'd speak through Pastor Joseph and that uh, we'd hear your voice, that we'd hear you well. Um, Thank you so much for being the prime example, the first 
the first one to step down to love us. And Father, I ask that we'd become more mature, that we'd rely on your strength, that we'd uh, love others well uh, and more and more every day, just as you love us so much every day. Uh, thank you, Father, for all that you've done and all that you're calling us to do. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. As we often do, want to share a brief article before we introduce our special guest today. And once again, if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And during the month of January, this is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, oh, excuse, excuse me, month. And we're encouraging you to prayerfully really ask God, Lord, show me what you want me to do to help stand boldly for life and stand against the tragedy of abortion. God has so much work to be done, and he desires believers that desire to be used. Hope that you'll take that opportunity. But again, to get this article, just email joseph at afr.net. The, uh, the article is entitled Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. Again, that title, Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Again, Jeremiah 17, 9. The following are testimonials from precious women who've been, who had been rescued out of the tragic world of sex trafficking. And here are a few of those testimonies. Number one, when my trafficker found out any of his quote-unquote girls were pregnant, he would take us outside and beat us with a pipe around our stomach and abdomen until we miscarried. This happened to me four times. I never carried a pregnancy to term. A second testimony. I was trafficked when I was 13 and got pregnant six times. I was always taken to a clinic by my trafficker and forced to have an abortion. The third testimony. Before he started trafficking me, my trafficker took me to a clinic he pretended to be my uncle and had the doctor administer Depo-Provera to me. I got intermittent Depo-Provera shots from the time I was 13 throughout the time I was trafficked until I was 23. Number four, the fourth testimony. My trafficker advertised me as someone who would not be using a condom, and so after a weekend of being sold at upscale hotels, he would force me to take Plan B. I had Plan B so many times that I had gynecological problems for five years after I got out. And the fifth testimony, I was trafficked when I was a child. I had so many abortions and was back out, quote-unquote, on the track again right, after, right afterward and had so many untreated infections that I developed scar tissue, PID, and ultimately had to have a hysterectomy. The pain of not being able to have a child now that I'm happily married is too great to describe in words. What you've just heard are real accounts of women who survived sex trafficking yet experienced forced abortions by their captors. Sadly, this happens too often right here in America as well as in other nations. Modern-day sex slavery is what sex trafficking is, amongst other things. It's evil, wicked, and devastating in so many ways for the victims. Yet, sadly, the tragic and very wicked industry of abortion is an evil twin to sex trafficking. The abortion industry works hand-in-glove with sex trafficking as one aids and abets the other. 
Many are the victims of both hideous and dark industries. It is so critical that we, the Church of Jesus Christ, recognize and passionately mobilize to aggressively work to end both tragic industries. In the Gospel of John in chapter 10, verse 10, we're told, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. These two tragic industries represent the epitome of what the devil seeks to do to all human beings on this planet. It's true that he seeks to steal from, kill, and destroy all people. The Lord Jesus Christ is the answer to all these and all the other ills of our world. And we, the church, are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We're called to pray diligently and passionately for the ending of the work of both these dark industries. However, it's important that we understand that we pray and then we get up and we do what we're called to do to help end these tragic works of darkness. We get our marching orders from the Lord. Where does the church start? A great starting place is educating yourself and your church family about these works of darkness. Research and find out about ministries that are on the front lines coming against these dark industries. Look at the website of Christian ministries that are working faithfully to combat sex trafficking. Typically, they're well prepared to help educate believers about the dark organizations that are involved in sex trafficking. Pray for these ministries and give them, give to them financially and help them carry out their vital mission. Help to sponsor Bible studies or workshops or events that can help serve, that can serve to educate your church family about these issues. Find out ways to help extend the educational reach of these ministries. Also learn more, much more, about so much of what the ministry of Standing for Life is all about. There are many great ministries that are doing great works, great things to help the cause of life. Pregnancy help centers are ministries that provide free help to women who find themselves expecting a child at t- difficult times in their lives. Praying for pregnancy centers and giving financially to help them carry out their mission are two great things many believers can do to help. Volunteer your time and or help to give baby items such as diapers, baby bottles, baby clothes, etc., to the clinics. You can pray for women who go to abortion clinics to change their minds and keep their babies. Many people would be surprised at the number of women who go to abortion clinics to get abortions, but change their minds and decide not to abort. This is the result often of people praying behind the scenes. Believers cannot Excuse me, believers can volunteer and be trained to be sidewalk advocates who work outside of abortion clinics. The Lord uses people who stand and pray, share pro-life brochures, and who are simply there to help women to choose to keep their babies instead of aborting them. They also very often help women see that choosing to place their baby up for adoption is a very good, noble, and fruitful option instead of abortion. There are also many other great ministries that help to address many sides of the pro-life cause. Prayerfully decide to get involved where the, wherever the Lord wants you to get involved. Whatever you do, don't stand on the sidelines. There's, there's too much work to be done for us to do that. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, there are three persons who represent the church. They are the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. Read Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. In the parable, a traveler has been attacked, beaten up, robbed, and left severely wounded on the side of the road. The priest comes along, sees the wounded man, and passes by on the other side. The, Le- the Levite, too, 
comes along and sees the same wounded individual, and he too passes by on the other side. Yet the Samaritan comes along and sees the wounded man and reacts very differently. He stops, seeks to nurse the man and his injuries, and helps him to a place where he can receive further help and attention. He also spends money to help see after his needs. The Lord Jesus very specifically told the lawyer and all the rest of us in the church to go and do not as the priest or the Levite. Christ told us to do as the Samaritan did. He told us to sacrificially love our brothers and sisters in need. Brothers and sisters, let us love the Lord enough to do what he says. Again, the title of that article, once again, is Sex Trafficking and the Abortion, e- and the abortion Industry, Evil Twins. And if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. And keep in mind... God has so much work to be done. He's looking. He's literally looking, scouring the earth for believers who have ears to hear and hearts to receive his assignments. There's so much work of love and compassion to be done in the world. Get involved. Lord, thank you for all of us listening today. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being your church, the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Lord, help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you want us to see and hear and help us to be wide open and looking for opportunities to be used by you to show the world that desperately needs to be touched by your love, to show them what your love looks like, to show them through our words, our actions, our attitude. Lord, help us to never be like the priest or Levite that passed by on the other side. Help us to be looking for the people that have been beat up and left on the side of the road for dead who are all over the place in this world. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to not be complacent, but to be passionately doing exactly what you've called us to do, loving the world around us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. Amazing Grace. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're honored to have as our phone guest, Sister Sherry Hopper. She's the director of Sherry Hopper Ministries. It's been a while, but she's been with us before, but we're grateful to have her with us again today. Sherry, how are you today? I am well, uh, Brother Joseph. How are you today? Oh, doing very good. Very good. Grateful to have you back on. And I'm going to ask if you'll take time now, if you'll just take a few moments to introduce yourself and Tell our listeners about the mission and the work behind Sherry Hopper Ministries. Sure. 
uh, um, uh, quick story. I was molested as a child, and um, so I have uh, child abuse history. So my heart is for those that have been abused and for those um, that need Jesus for healing. And then I had an abortion uh, not related to the child abuse when I was 15. And so my heart is also for that because of the aftermath that comes from the deception of abortion and um, what the enemy tells us. So then I also do a little bit of um, awareness uh, speaking and teaching on sex trafficking. So the whole um, sexual abuse, I guess, field or sin or whatever you want to call that, is where my heart is. Any kind of child abuse, um, I, I do child abuse advocacy and teach um, people what to look for, the, to the signs and symptoms of child abuse, how to help a child that's being abused, and um, really just awareness. It seems to me that awareness, if people would just, once you're aware of things, you can see things and and you, that you can't see until someone brings it to your attention, maybe. So a lot of it is, is awareness teaching and um, just to protect our children and to let people know that there's a lot of evil out there, and it's right in front of us if we just know what to look for. So, and there's a lot of healing through Jesus for people that have had that happen to them. It was the blood of Jesus that changed my life and saved me from myself. And um, I'm not the same person I used to be, and I'm not destructive to myself. And I, I'm just a different, changed person by the grace of God. When He reached down and saved me in, in the pit that I was in. I just want everyone to experience that, you know, and it's for everyone. God wants everyone to experience that. That's so I right. just really want to be a servant. My, my ministry is about serving and, and whatever God would have me do to reach His people and the hurt and the pain that they're in and give them hope that Jesus is the hope that they're looking for. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask if you'll take time now specifically to pray for listeners to really hear what the Lord wants to say to them through the broadcast. And I think of this that, you know, we've... Uh, both you and I both alluded to the tragic uh, industries of both sex trafficking and abortion. Yet, um, many times the fact is there are people that hurt, as you alluded to, uh, Sister Sherry, in so many other areas of life. And yet, the love of Jesus uh, is is the answer to every person's troubles, difficulties, and challenges in life. And it's so important that we simply seek to be God's ambassadors wherever he's called us to do that. So would you pray for believers to hear whatever the Lord wants to share with them through the broadcast today? Absolutely. Father God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for this opportunity to share what you've done in my life. God, I ask that you speak through me. Holy Spirit, don't let me say anything that's offensive or that's wrong or that doesn't line up with your word. God, use my mouth and use me as a servant today. God, there are people that are hurting, and you know exactly who you want to hear this message, who this message is for. And I pray that they receive it. I pray that you touch them deeply and you change their lives and you you heal them in the ways that you've healed me in greater ways, God. God, please use this to reach the hurting. Save them from the destruction that is, is trying to destroy them. But your blood, your power, your word is so much stronger than that. God, I ask that you just touch everyone listening today in some kind of way and use this message for your glory and your honor. I always give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Sherry, if someone listening, if they're wanting to maybe get in touch with you, is there an email or a website that you can share whereby they can be in touch with you? Sure. My um, website, I don't update very much. And this is, uh, Pastor Joseph, this is my heart. I, I serve, and I don't want to get in into the pride part. I know that I'm human, and I could. So I don't update my website much. Mm-hmm. Um, but my website is SherryHopper.com, and you can email me at Sherry at SherryHopper.com. And I have that up so they can get a general um, my testimonies up there, a general overview of my testimony, and a way to reach me. So it's not updated often. Okay, but, but share, there. share the email one more time again. It's Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, at SherryHopper.com. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Sherry, I want to ask if you would now... I would mention that uh, I've had uh, had the honor of hearing your your testimony. You have such a powerful testimony that, really, um, by the grace of God, the Lord has brought you through so much, so much trauma in your life. And I'm grateful to know someone like you that has is courageous enough to really strike out in obedience to God in ministry to help minister to those who've been through similar situations, though. But I want to ask if you'll, just wherever you feel led to start, share your story, your your journey, that, again, probably in one way or another, so many people would be able to relate to. But would you share your own testimony? Sure, I will. So um, it's, it's pretty deep, but we'll just kind of skim over it real quickly. The um, I was sexually molested by my father um, from as far back as I can remember. I don't remember the first time. I just remember first memories of it, until I was about 13 or 14. And then um, when all that came out, it was um, a huge public display, and and it was very humiliating and embarrassing. And um, I went to immediately DHS in Memphis, Tennessee, put me into therapy and counseling. And, you know, I was raised that way, so that was normal to me. I didn't realize there was as much wrong with it as there really was wrong with it. You know, my mind was twisted to believe things that were not true. And therapy helped me a lot with that. Um, I was still very, and I call it just messed up because I was just messed up. My brain was not right. I didn't think of things right. Um, I was just messed up and therapy was trying to help me. At 15, I got pregnant by my boyfriend. and, And this is probably... Some of the most tragic, traumatic things that have happened to me. So I got pregnant by my boyfriend, and I I was raised knowing Jesus. I was raised in and out of church. I wasn't um, new to Christ. But I tell you what I didn't know is, is, you know, the Word says we we, um, die because of lack of knowledge. And I didn't know about abortion. I didn't know about pregnancy. I didn't know when life became life. And so I went to Planned Parenthood to try to find out because I didn't want to make another mistake. Uh, I was scared at 15, knowing how messed up I was to be pregnant and have a child. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to Planned Parenthood, and they lied to me and told me that it was just a clump of sales and there wasn't nothing to it. And I was 11 weeks pregnant at the time. And back then, you couldn't have an abortion after 12 weeks. So I quickly had to make up my mind on uh, what I wanted to do. And... um so since it was just a clump of cells and wasn't a um, person yet, I decided to have the abortion. And it was shortly after that, within the next week or so, the, the major paper paper in Memphis had a pro-life ad in it. And it was a, 
a baby at 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and it had fingers and toes, and um, it was a fully developed child. Mm-hmm. And that devastated me because the one thing I was going to do was be a good mom. Mm-hmm. After my dad was so bad, you know, my goal in life was to never be like him and to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. So when I found out what I had done, I became suicidal, and my mother put me in a place in um, uh, a rehabilitation place for teenagers to help me with uh, deep, intensive therapy. And I was locked in there for six months. Mm-hmm. And that place saved me. It, it saved me. But I tell you, it wasn't until I was in my 40s, Pastor Joseph, when, when I was at a church and I had never served and just, you know, I'd gotten by through life. And um, I was in this service and I... One of the ladies in the service, one of the leaders in the service, came up to me after service and said that you need to go on the front lines and talk about your child abuse. And I talked about that so much. I was very open about that. You know, I testified about my child abuse, and and I told her in the in the privacy, like I can't do that. God's not called me to that. God can't use me. You don't know my whole story. And so I went to actually tell her, which I had never shared this with anybody but my husband. My mother knew, and of course the father of the baby knew, but my husband, and because I, I couldn't talk about it, I couldn't think about it. It hurt so bad mm-hmm. that if it came on TV, I had to turn it off. I couldn't, I just could not even think about it. Mm-hmm. So I was telling her about it and was crying to her and, and about the abortion, and I could not do that because I was so dirty. I had killed my own child. And she told me to talk to God about it. And I told her I couldn't even talk to God about it. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. a saved, Holy Ghost-filled Christian, but I cannot talk to God about this because it was so bad and so wrong that I just couldn't, I couldn't face it. Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad that I just couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I agreed with her, told her that I would go home and, and pray about it. And the first time I had ever really talk to God. Now, I had asked him to forgive me of it, but that's mm-hmm. as far as I'd ever talked to him about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so the shame and the guilt was still there. I never asked him to help me heal from it, just to forgive me for it. And uh, so that evening, I went home and talked to him about it, and I just cried and, and cried. Mm-hmm. And I had never talked to really anyone about that. And and Pastor Joseph had said, you he he told me in, in like a vision that I had that it was okay that he forgave me and that he had my baby. Mm-hmm. And I saw in this vision in a rocking chair, Jesus holding my baby mm-hmm. and rocking him. And, and in my heart, I'm like, who else would I rather be a parent to my child than Jesus himself? Mm-hmm. Praise God. So from, from then on, the depression and the suicide I felt it leave my body. I was mm-hmm. immediately delivered of that. And mm-hmm. I have not been depressed or suicidal since then. And I thought that for years, decades, I thought Sh- that. Cher, would you take time now to pray for women who may be listening who either have been considering going down the road of abortion or been down the road already and really need to be ministered the forgiveness of Christ to them? Would you pray for those persons at this time? Yes. Lord, I ask you right now just to touch everyone that's listening that has this, the the mothers and the fathers, because it affects the fathers, too. God, I ask you to deliver them from whatever evil has has owned them that that is in their mind, depression or suicide or unforgiveness, the shame, the guilt. 
God, you can touch them and save them and deliver them from all of that just like you did me. And God, I ask you right now just to reach down and wrap your arms around them and love them and let them know you love them and that you are not mad at them, that you forgive them, that sin is sin to you. There is no greater sin than any other sin and that you understand that we were deceived or even if we knew exactly what we were doing, that we're sorry for doing it and that you forgive us. And God, I ask you just to open the eyes of those that don't understand. Open their eyes and their ears and let them hear how much you love them and how much you want to heal them and you want to deliver them, God. God, just be with us as we as we do this today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Sherry. And, you know, Sherry, I think of this, too, that... Um, uh, one of the one more tragedy related to the fact that we live in a nation where so many people, men and women, have gone down that road. But sadly, a Bible studies that are just for specifically designed for a women and men who've been down the road of abortion seem to be few and far between. It's sad how rare it is that churches will. Uh, will will basically sponsor those kinds of Bible studies. Could you speak to that? Yes. Um, So that is one of the struggles that that I have. And and I know with your um, pro-life presentation that, you know, you and I both have have struggled trying to get it seen and and into churches. and, And I just don't, I don't truly understand that. That is just a spiritual thing over the church that our pastors don't understand the necessity. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time I looked, abortion affects one in five women. So there's a congregation of 100 people. There's some effect in that church. Mm -hmm. And those women need to know that it's okay and God loves them and forgives them. Like I said, I was a saved, born-again Christian Mm -hmm. and could not talk to God about the abortion because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And and once I did, the freedom that came from that, you know, and, and to be able to, to talk about it today, because God healed me from it. You know, he had dealt with me through the child abuse and all those other things, but I didn't allow him to deal with me on the abortion because nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. And it took my friend to say, go talk to Jesus about that for me to ever do it at 40-something years old. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just imperative. You know, and I don't know what kind of principality it is or what what evil it is, but I pray, God, I pray that our pastors have discernment, that the women and the men, because the the, the boyfriend, you know, it affected him mm-hmm. when I aborted. You know, that was his child, too. Mm-hmm. And I know men that didn't want their, their women to abort, and they did it anyways. You know, a man has no say in that. Mm-hmm. The man cannot say, I don't want you to abort my child. He has no legal right to say, that's my child too, and I want rights to it. That and is that's so true. incredibly sad. Mm. Incredibly sad. We're going to pick up on the other side as we go into a break. Our phone guest today is Sherry Hopper, the director of Sherry Hopper Ministries. We'll be right back. Spirit free How 
Mandisa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Sherry Hopper. She's the director, excuse me, the director of Sherry Hopper Ministries. Sherry, once again, if someone wants to get in touch with you, would you share that email one more time, please? Absolutely. It's sherry at sherryhopper.com. All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Sherry, again, um, appreciate you sharing, and of course, uh, having had the privilege of having heard your your journey and your testimony before, I know there are so many sides to it whereby you're able to minister to people. I want to ask if you'll share some about your journey with forgiveness. That's an area where lots and lots of people struggle and or stumble, and it's a very important part of our walk with the Lord. Would you share some of the insight and the wisdom the Lord has taught you? Absolutely. That is such a hard journey. And I, I've fought with unforgiveness for, for decades, for myself and for those that had abused me. And um, we'll talk about the abortion forgiveness first, because that happened first. Mm-hmm. And like I was just saying earlier, um, when I talked to God and actually cried out to Him to, to forgive me and help me with it, um, one thing we have to do is ask for forgiveness. You know, God says, seek and ye shall find, um, and ask Him for the things that we need. And we have to ask Him. We have to confess of our sin, and we have to ask Him for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's free. He wants to forgiveness, to forgive mm-hmm. us, um, but we have to ask Him. That's right. So that's sometimes hard to do if you can't talk about it. And that was my problem with the abortion. I couldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It hurt so deeply. But, you know, that's a tool of the enemy that, that hurt me so deep that I couldn't talk about it, so I wouldn't be forgiven of it and healed from it. Um, so the first thing we have to do is ask. We have to seek God for that. And and know that we we don't deserve anything. So I don't want to say that we deserve it, but God is gracious mm-hmm. and wants to forgive us. Right. He, he offers forgiveness freely. So it's not that we deserve it because we don't, but God wants us to be forgiven. He That's wants right. us to be close to him and his children. Um and the second the second part was when I asked for forgiveness for the abortion, a whole lot of things came to surface that I needed to deal with. And one of my daily prayers is for God to reveal to me anything that is hindering me from Him, anything that is between me and Him that's keeping us apart or 
that is just a problem in my life that I need to deal with. And out of the blue was the forgiveness of my dad mm-hmm. for the abuse that he did. And I had thought for years I had forgiven him. And my forgiveness of him was to tell him to, I forgive you, now stay away from me. I can't, I don't think I have it in me to forgive you anymore. I don't want to see you. I don't want you around me. I don't want anything to do with you. My children did not know he was alive. They thought he was dead um, because we did not have any relationship. And I'm not going to say that that is, is wrong because toxic people need to be held at a limit. We need mm-hmm. boundaries. We need safe boundaries. Mm-hmm. But in my forgiveness, it was wrong because I didn't love him. Mm-hmm. And Scripture says we are to love our enemies. And, you know, Pastor Joseph, when God forgave us, he opened his arms up wide, mm-hmm. and he took us into his bosom and hugged us. That's right. You know, he didn't say, I forgive you, no, stay away from me. Mm-hmm. So that was that was huge for me to realize I truly hadn't forgiven him. Mm-hmm. So in that forgiveness story— My father asked me so many times to forgive him. You know, every time I saw him, please forgive me, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had, and truly I hadn't Mm -hmm. because of how I felt about him. So God actually put it on my heart to go and ask him to forgive me for my unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, that blew me away when that realization came to me. Mm -hmm. The scripture says we are to forgive those when they ask to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't. So I hadn't seen my father in probably 20, maybe 30 years. It had been a long time. Mm. And he lived probably 10 miles from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister and I went and, and asked him to forgive me, and he freely, gladly, you know, accepted that. And and I tell you something remarkable about God. When I was a little girl, I cried at night for my daddy just to love me like a daddy's supposed to. You know, and not hurt me, but just truly love me. And everybody thought I was a daddy's girl, but they didn't know he was molesting me. You know, mm-hmm. I was always with him, but it wasn't good times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as a little girl crying those tears and begging God to please let my daddy love me, mm-hmm. when I went to him and asked him for forgiveness, and we truly forgave, God gave me the gift of my daddy and let me be his little girl for a length of time. Mm-hmm. Now, that was about right before Thanksgiving one year that I went to him. Mm-hmm. My daddy passed away New Year's Eve of the next year. Mm-hmm. So I had about 13 months with my dad of being a true father-daughter relationship that I had never had. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'm not going to say this happens for everybody, but this is my story. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say the, the instant my brother called me and told me he found my dad passed away on the floor, he'd had a massive heart attack, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit instantly told me, I gifted you this gift of your dad. You cried those tears mm-hmm. all those years ago, mm-hmm. and I never forgot. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how old our prayers are. God never forgets our prayers and our heart's desire. I was well in my 40s when he gave me the gift of my dad. He didn't forget that. And before he took him home, he allowed him to be my father. Mm-hmm. And I'm so forever, I'm just blown away. Every time I talk about that, I'm just mm-hmm. blown away at how much God loves us. The goodness and he God. doesn't forget. Amen. But I'm Sh- so grateful. Sheer, would you pray for individuals 
women and or and men who may be struggling with forgiveness in some capacity. It might be in uh, a husband-wife relationship. It may be a parent-child relationship. It may be some other, but it's how it's tragic how many people struggle so with forgiveness. Would you pray for those persons now? Yes. <clears throat> Father God, I ask you today to touch our hardened hearts, our stubborn minds, that have been hurt, and we have this wall up of protection, which is understandable. But God, I ask you today to tender our hearts and our minds to forgiveness. God, I ask you that you minister and you show us how we are to forgive, because God, I could never have done it on my own. It was you that gave me the gift of forgiveness. And I ask you to touch our hearts, to give your gift of forgiveness to those that are desperately needing it today, just for their own peace, their own healing. Unforgiveness is like a cancer, and it will destroy us if we don't let it go and give it to you. Father, I ask you, with all your mercy and all your grace, to please give us the gift of forgiveness today. Let us see that it's for us and for our good to release those that have harmed us and hurt us. Even if we don't ever understand the why, why they hurt us, let us understand your gift of forgiveness and receive that gift. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And Father, I thank you, Lord, for the fact that you've called us as the church to teach and encourage believers to walk in your love. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the reality is people first and foremost need to receive you as their Lord and Savior and then need to learn to walk in your love, your mercy, and your forgiveness. Help us as the church to really carry out this mission as you would have us to. Help us to know, Lord, that there's so much help so many times which so many people are struggling and they need your your wisdom, the grace of your word, and your Holy Spirit to help them to forgive like they need. So many people are imprisoned in their own unforgiveness. Lord, set those people free. Touch them with your spirit that teaches them to forgive, to love, and to let go. Lord, help us to be a people that are known for that and help us as the church to really address this area of need in the body of Christ, as you would have us to. We ask this in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Share, our time is just about gone. Any final words of encouragement that are on your heart that you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. I just, I want um, awareness. We need awareness of what's going on around us. Um, And we need a, oftentimes I I get wound up and, and, um, distracted by what's going on in this world and whatever political stance your own or whatever, you know, whatever you believe in today, we have to keep our focus on the cross. We have to keep our focus on Jesus, that the distractions will distract us from our purpose and what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it is written in the end times that we live in today, that's going to happen. So I just want to, I want to remind me and everyone that we need to keep our eyes on the cross keep our heads in the Bible and our prayer life strong. Um, forgiveness is everything. We cannot be forgiven if we don't forgive. And that was a huge stumble for me mm-hmm. when I realized I hadn't forgiven. I don't, you know, I want to be forgiven. And and I have to forgive. I have to truly forgive. Mm-hmm. Open my arms up and receive the enemy. Even if it's at a distance and it, and it has healthy boundaries, I still have to forgive. 
Um, and it's so hard, but Jesus is, is the way. He's the way maker, and He can make that possible. He can change our hearts and our and, and the way we think about things. He can He can just help us with that, and it's imperative that we do that. Amen. Amen. And again, you, you touched on a very, very serious issue. The reality is unforgiveness can cause a person to miss heaven. And it's important that people Absolutely. understand biblically so that's a reality. So it's it's a dangerous thing to be functioning in unforgiveness. So, so serious to take it and ask, allow the Lord to help us really address that. Share one more time yeah. if someone wants to be in touch with you. Share both your website and your email one more time, please. Absolutely. It's Sherry Hopper Ministries, and it's Sherry at SherryHopper.com. All right. The website, again, was Sherry at SherryHopper.com, correct? That's right. Um, the email. That's the email. Okay, then. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you, Sherry, so much for being with us today. All right. Well, I appreciate you, and I thank you so much for letting me share, and, and I appreciate all that you do for the kingdom. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Well, and as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step, would you now, from your heart, pray this prayer with me and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned. I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to obey you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to communicate with you and be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, please get in touch with us again. That email, joseph at afr.net. If you wanted to get a copy of the email, we sh- um, the article we shared entitled Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins, simply email us, same email, joseph at afr.net. Sherry, again, thanks so much for being with us. One more time, share your email, how people can be in touch with you. Yes, thank you again, Pastor Joseph. Uh, It is sherry at sherryhopper.com. All right, and keep up the great work, okay? Thank you so much, you too. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.